Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. An intellectual carrot. The mind boggles. You see? You see? Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Earth has had Santa Claus long enough. We will bring him to Mars. I've been afraid a lot of times in my life, but I didn't know the real meaning of fear until, until I had kissed Becky. One thing will be clear. It's not for man to interfere in the ways of God. It's alive. Oh, it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Earth vs. Soup, episode 121. I'm Aaron Pollier. And I'm Darlene. We watched our next Dracula film for this episode called Dracula's Daughter from 1936. Um, I have never seen this movie before, at least not that I can remember. I'm, I'm sure that it has popped up at some point in like a Dracula marathon on WGN growing up. But I don't recall a single thing from this movie. So I don't think I've ever seen it. Darlene, what, what do you remember ever seeing this or anything about it? I don't it? think I've ever seen this. Okay. Any thoughts before before we begin, like by jumping into the uh, into the details about the plot? I didn't write anything because I didn't find anything too much about it. Uh, details about the production. <clears throat> You're, you That's what you mean? Yes. Okay. Um... Honestly, it's it's made in 1936. It's a universal Dracula movie. It's about an hour and 11 minutes long. Um, does this... Well, okay, so I have to... I, I should begin by saying Bela Lugosi's not in this. Um, Bela Lugosi... There's a likeness of Bela Lugosi for about five frames. And it's because there is the body of Dracula in a coffin. So he's not really in this. Um... I don't think the person who is the same person who played Van Helsing in this, the person who played Van Helsing in the original Dracula. I think he is. Yeah, he is. It's, he's reprising the role of Van Helsing. So at least there's that. Um, there's that connection there. It's the same Van Helsing character and actor. I, I apologize. Um, Van Helsing. Van Von, whatever. Whatever. Whatever works. Is it Vaughn? It's Vaughn. It's Vaughn. Well, I am from the Great Lakes region and we have vans here. So, um, it's Vaughn. 
the only other thing that I think I can mention before we begin is the director is Lambert uh, Hillier, who was actually born in South Bend, Indiana, so fairly close to where I grew up. Um, just very far from when I grew up, time-wise. He was born in 1889 there, so uh, a very different time period. Uh, but this is clearly after Dracula, so there's a little. It feels a little more modern compared to the original Dracula movie, correct? A little more modern. I think there was a big difference between the period of time where they were just going from silent movies to talkies, which Dracula was one of those. That's why there's no soundtrack to it. And this, where it actually does have a little bit of a soundtrack to it. Um, but let, let's get into the plot. So we have, we have a person that's in the credits that is Dracula's daughter. Um, and... She is a woman called Countess Ma um, Maria Zabskaya or something like that. Zaleska, I'm sorry, Maria Maria Zaleska. Um, before we even get into the plot, do we need to discuss whether she's actually Dracula's daughter or not? I don't understand how she could be Dracula's daughter, but she does talk about <clears throat> her mother she does um she does claim to be a countess so i assume that she is somehow related to vlad dracul well dracula bella lugosi's dracula but i am not convinced that she's actually a daughter it doesn't really make sense that she would be a daughter it is my theory and i i cannot prove this it is my theory that after the events of Dracula, when Dracula comes to England to reside in the Abbey, I think it's Carfax Abbey, right? Yeah. That the wives, the brides of Dracula that are still back in the castle are left on their own and are able to break through whatever control Dracula had on them beforehand. And of the three brides... This is what, the one that came out on top. But even the even the townsfolks of that place called her his daughter. Yes. And by the way, this movie starts right after the death yes. of the the count. Yeah, von Helsing. Von Helsing. Von just killed. Him. Stuck the the, the stake. stake in Dracula. Yeah. And that is the first scene is the police. <laughs> Coming into Carfax Abbey and going, uh, hey, there's a dude dead at the bottom of these there's stairs. There's a, de a, a dead, his, his uh, neck is, he's dead. His neck is broken. That was the actual wording that the guy said. The man's neck is broken. It's actually Renfield from the first movie, right? Yes, that's that's the the broken neck is Renfield. And then yeah, they're they're looking around. Then Van Helsing walks out of the crypt area to say the body of the man who was killed. Um. Well, this guy, what he did not kill him. Like he fell down the stairs. I did not stairs. kill them, Dracula. Well, the man who killed him, his body lays in the next room. And I killed that guy. <laughs> but, and then he starts like throughout this movie, Van Helsing 
tends to get into a philosophical debate about the nature of murder, yes, which he, is he weird. says he killed him, but he was already dead. Yeah, so is, he's been dead for five hundred years. So von Helsing, dude, if he's been dead, you can't murder somebody that's already dead. And and the thing is, he when he's interviewed by the people at Scotland Yard, <clears throat> the people at Scotland Yard have to listen to his debate about how he didn't murder somebody because you can't murder somebody that's already dead. But he's the one that brought that up in the beginning. Like the fact that, oh yes, I murdered him, but he's been dead for 500 years, so it doesn't really count. No, he said, I killed him. Yeah, I killed him. And well, how did you kill him? He's been dead for 500 years? I know, it It seems pendactic to even, and he even this up. It was funny that he said to the, the police, the police were worried about him running off. I shan't run off. I don't need to. I didn't do anything wrong. And and it's funny because, and we are kind of talking about the plot here, because the next scene is basically him talking with Scotland Yard. He to seems Sir Bristol Humphrey? Yes. He seems incredibly glib and entirely unfazed by the fact that he's being held by Scotland Yard on account of homicide and they suspect him of murdering Renfield because he was the only guy there. Yeah. He claims to not have murdered Renfield, but the evidence shows that like, you know, he's the only guy that was there. He might be an old man, but he totally admits to putting a wooden stake through this kind of young guy's heart. He looks like a young guy. He's Belagosi's Dracula, right? He didn't turn to dust. He didn't like blow apart like in Buffy or turn into like whatever. There's a corpse in that casket with a stake driven through its heart with and a they, hammer. They later can't arrest him, get him for that thing because the corpse disappears as they have him in custody. <laughs> yeah, the corpse disappears because of our uh, heroine in this. Heroine, and I, I put that in, in massive air quotes, Countess uh, Maria Zaleska, or we'll say Countess Dracula. I just call her the Countess all the way through. Yeah, but anyway, the commissioner's like, what are you going to do to tell the jury that you just you just murdered a vampire? And Van Helsing's like, yeah, I'll just tell them the truth because it is the truth. You're going to end up, and the guy goes, you're going to end up being in an in insane uh, institute instead of in and, prison. And we're going to throw you in bedlam, basically, and, yeah. And um, Professor Von Housing says he's going to ask for John Guffrey uh, Jeffrey Garth Garth that's the last name Garth just remember Wayne and Garth and he he actually <laughs> even confesses that guy is not a lawyer yeah he's a psychiatrist so, so yeah Van Helsing calls in his friend Jeffrey Garth as like to represent him at the old Bailey and Garth yeah isn't a lawyer and Garth is completely I don't know, beside himself, really, to say, why in the hell are you wanting me to represent you? The only person that would be able to understand what he's talking about. Sure, but here's here's the argument that Van Helsing is inadvertently making, okay? Van Helsing is wanting to prove that he is completely sane, okay? By having this psychologist represent him. He's not a lawyer. The lawyer is not going to be able to make a, an argument from a law perspective, Garth is going to say, yes, my client is completely sane and he truly does believe in vampires. 
and put a stake through this guy's heart. Yeah, now the body's gone, which suggests that he was important and something wants to be covered up, or maybe he wasn't dead. But the fact is, is that my client firmly believes in vampires that turn into bats or wolves that feed upon the living and can live for centuries. What realistically will happen? If the psychiatrist says, no, he is completely sane, Van Helsing is going to jail. He confessed to doing it. Like, there's no case here for Van Helsing to get out of this scot-free at all. Unless, of course, there's like a vampire plague that just suddenly occurs in every... (laughs) I know. It just seems so weird how this is all set up. We need to get back on it. The Countess comes in and mesmerizes the... One of the guards. The guards, not the sergeant. Sergeant Wilkins went to go get... Go get um, them from the train station. Yeah, yeah. There's people that are moving around and the left of this movie. The, left somebody that was incompetent. Yeah, and she walks in, mesmerizes him, and comes out with the corpse and burns Dracula. Yes, yes. Okay, so. She does a ritual. She, like, chants. She burns his body. And Countess Dracula comes across as thinking that this has freed her from the curse of vampirism. Okay. Now, there is a very easy way to test this. She does not do it. She just assumes things. Okay. So, if you're a vampire and you suddenly think you're no longer a vampire, what's the first thing that you think of to test if you're still a vampire or not. Go out in daylight. Okay. Excellent choice. And I totally agree with you. She doesn't do that, but there's an even easier way of testing if you're a vampire still. Look <laughs> at yourself in a mirror. She doesn't appear in a mirror still. Like, But she doesn't have a mirror. No, there are no mirrors around. But that doesn't mean <clears throat> that she can't just go, hey, can I borrow like a, a pocket compact? Or send send her, her creepy doggone... Manservant? Manservant Sandor. Sandor. Yeah, yeah. Played by Irving Pitchell. You know, she could look at herself in a freaking pan of water. Because remember, Van Helsing says, no reflections in anything. She could look at herself in a pan of water and not see her reflection and go, oop, I'm still a vampire. But none of this happens. So this is this is me kind of bitching about the plot already and, and what doesn't work. If she wants to be get away with uh, finding out if she's a vampire or not after she just got rid of the curse. I still say the best solution would have been waiting, walk out in sunlight, and just walk explode. on a slide, like, and you're gonna cure yourself of vampirism. Yeah, that is a cure. It's just a very, <laughs> very permanent cure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she is staying with her manservant, and her manservant Sandor seems to immediately disagree with her that the curse has been broken. She goes back to her coffin. Yeah. Why do you think the curse has been broken? The day is coming, you know, the night is coming to a close and she must rest upon, you know, in in her coffin. Um, But he says, sweetie, I still see death in your eyes. And this is where she ends up hunting down a man and killing him the next night. 
No, was that, that the, that's the that's next the night. next that's the next night. Yeah. yeah. And she's still kind of thinking she's cured. Yeah, because then she asked um, him to uh, get a girl for pa her painting because she is a painter. Yes. Okay. So so the Countess Dracula basically isn't a completely terrible being. I can't call her a human being or I can't call her a person. She's not really a, well, I guess she is still technically you could call her a person, but she's not human. She's not a completely terrible person. She has like some redeeming qualities to her. Like she doesn't want to be cursed anymore. She doesn't want to be a vampire. She is an artist of sorts, but she also seemingly is the dumbest person around with how she believes things are happening. Like, okay, I burned Dracula's body. I believe the curse and is I did broken. A, I did a, a ceremony. A yep. I, But I'm forced to sleep in my coffin that next day. But and the next you night, still keep no mirrors in your flat. Yep. The next night, she just goes out and hunts and kills a man. But maybe that's just habit? I don't understand her thoughts no, there. I, no, no, no. And, but and I folks, do have to give the fact that uh, every time she's in it, she's lit from below. Yes, yes. It, okay. So, what, yes, we are talking about the plot here, but there are good things and bad things about she this She is character. very... She kind of tilts her head up most of the time. And the light comes from below. Yes. On her face most of the time. Yes. And they soften it or something. Well, they put a little bit of Vaseline. It's it's soft focusing. Yeah. It's not and, Vaseline. Um, she tries to be stony. She looks... The actress does a very good job in all of her scenes to look like some somewhat unearthly. I would say that would be the best way of describing it that I think she arguably does a better job of it than Bella Lugosi did. Okay. In but looking kind the of unearthly Sandor, which is supposed to be a human, comes uh, off as okay, well, the Death Brigade. Okay, Sandor is creepy as crap. Yes. But I also equate Sandor with Renfield. That basically, if you're not made into a bride or a groom of a vampire that when you're one of these ghouls, like like Renfield or whatever, that this does kind of break your mind in a certain way. With Sandor, it was, he's just very detached. But he was give, he was to, uh, told by the Countess that she would make him into a vampire. But if she's been cured, how does that work? Like, oh God, all right, anyway... Oh, where are we? We're at where Sandor goes and uh, gets a subject for her painting, oh, Lily. That. Wow! Yeah, who was about to jump? Yeah. The... Okay. So there's that. This scene is interesting to me. I take it that the girl was supposed to jump. Uh, was going to jump off of a bridge to her death. Okay. In um, London. This is this is well. It's it's in it's where Carfax Abbey was. It's outside of London. The the um, geography of this doesn't really work because she's where in they, Chelsea. Where they say they are 
is not near London. It's not like next to London or anything like that. Where where they say they are is like a distance away, but it comes across as being right next to London. Yeah, because where she, her flat is is in Chelsea. Okay. But before the scene with Lily, we actually have one one scene that is important. Okay. Um, Van Helsing has, we already said that Van Helsing has the psychologist represent him in his defense. Um, the Countess seems interesting in having therapy from this doctor when she hears him talk at a party. Okay. There's this whole scene where he's talking at a party about um, addiction. Okay. And, and this is an interesting part of the movie. It really is. And she talks to him and after he comes to her apartment and that's where he recognizes the fact that there's just no mirrors around that she has this creepy manservant and she talks to him about how she has this compulsion and he assumes it's alcoholism like that's what he he really feels that or she's, or a drug a drug habit. yeah because this at this time it would be a very big time yeah. for cocaine uh opium it could it opium. could be a ton of different things right and he says look you have to just meet your compulsion, whatever that is, and fight against it. Because he talks about the alcoholism, alcohol. Yes. You you know you put the glass in front of you and you don't drink. Yeah, you fight that compulsion. I thought, okay, this is an interesting scene, right? So she says she wants to go out that night and she wants him to come with her. Okay. And basically to try to be a check on her because she feel, I guess she still feels that she's cured, but now has this like habit of just eating people. I guess that's what's coming across. He says, no, I'm sorry. I'm busy tonight, but let's do this tomorrow night. Let's get together tomorrow night. Just stay home tonight. Don't try to eat anyone, please. He doesn't say that, but that's what she's probably thinking. So that's when her Renfield uh, Sandor goes out and sees Lily played by Nan Gray. And I actually think Nan Gray, the actress here does a fantastic job with what she's given a, a very good job because this scene to me, when I was watching it, I paused it and we had a long discussion, but we'll talk about that. Maybe well, after I get I, done describing the scene, yeah. it might be good to just stop and discuss it. Um, the Lily is going to commit suicide it looks like that off of a bridge yes it's dark it's cold it's supposed to be winter yeah it's it's a cold blustery london and night. it's foggy and it's at a bridge yes and so sandor comes up and says hey 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 are you okay and she's depressed look look come back with me i have you'll warmth and i have a something warm to place. give you for food food i can give you a drink i just have my lady the countess she is an artist and would like to talk to you and look i'm not this isn't it she she kind of is taken aback i think she assumes that he thinks that she might be a prostitute or something because she's like i'm not that kind of girl and he's like no 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 no. just there's no strings attached just come on back so she does and she comes back to the countess's apartments and the countess is immediately like undressing her with her eyes, but not like in a sexual way. She's undressing her with her eyes. Like you would undress like a, a, a 
a large piece of meat to eat. Like, hey, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna peel the skin back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna baste it. It'd like, be more like us undressing a orange. Yeah, like peeling it. She is hungry. She is hungry. And finally, she she explains to Lily that, hey, look, I'm an artist. I paint. Have you ever sat for a painting nude before? And well, nude didn't come up. Without your clothes came up. Oh. Because the Countess specifically says, take off your blouse. Take off your pants. Take off everything. I will paint you. I will draw you. And it's at this point the countess has her like mesmerism eyes going and lily is like and, backed but against she the has wall. to use a a ring yeah it's because i i think the countess isn't as skilled with getting into people's heads as dracula was like dracula can just look at somebody and get into their head where she seems to actually have to like play with their and, senses a little and they end up being um half corpse in that because like the guy that was the the sergeant's deputy yeah, they, he had to be snapped out of it yeah he was like just and this of, comes in play again with lily yeah so so the victims of her mesmerism aren't exactly normal afterwards until like you you smack the hell out of them or something like that and then even then it depends on how deep she goes she goes pretty deep on lily. Well, lily and okay so lily has her blouse off and the blonde well lily screams the countess attacks and that's the scene now i want to discuss the scene because this is 1936 the countess is trying to get a blonde young blonde woman to undress entirely in her presence yes it is with the excuse of being an artist sure i get that but the way that the countess is staring hungrily at lily and the way that lily is kind of shrinking back from her like the countess is being a sexual predator. That's what it really comes across as. And the whole get undressed demand that was made. This really came across as something pretty, I would say racy for 1936. Homosexual. Well, l lesbianism. Yeah. I mean, now that to be fair, vampirism has a long history of sexuality in the bite sexuality in that embrace of... sexuality in its mesmerism yeah that's always because been a she come it. across to the deputy very very forwardly yeah very... yeah yeah um so this is not a criticism at all this is par for course for vampire fiction what i did not expect was this to be so blatant in a film from 1936 like i wouldn't have expected this to be something until maybe the 70s and that would still be in the in, like in a grindhouse 60s. film but like the, in in a really kind of sleazy ish but film. then again there was a different perspective at this time of stuff like that too. yeah i mean again, because what she was shown in was something that a flapper would have been in sure in the 
20s. Yeah, and we, we don't see anything, folks. We don't see any nudity. There's nothing like that. It's when when she takes off her blouse, she has like that under, what is it, a shift? I don't know what, what, what that's called on the top. It's it's not really a bra that she's in. It's more like a full under. Um, see, I Marley, don't wear them. You don't wear them, but you, you know what I'm talking about, I know about, what right? I'm talking about. A slip. A but slip. The, the, the slip is for the bottom. The top is the coral, the... Oh, darling, can't think of the name. No, I can't. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coraline? No. It's not that? I don't, I don't know the name of it either. We don't see anything. It's that the sexuality of it is really heavily implied. And it's one thing to see that in Dracula in 1930 between a male, air quotes, vampire and a female victim. It's something seemingly very different when it's between two two women. And I have to say, I was very impressed with the way they handled it. And I'm also shocked that it made it through censors. Anyway, I'll, let's keep going with the plot. I just wanted to stop well, the there. the censors and... aren't... This is another one of those pre... Sure. So the countess comes to the psychologist again for help. And uh, she says she's she's leaving. Oh, oh, no, you're forgetting this one. Oh, okay. There is the examination. You're forgetting the examination of the corpse of her first victim jail. that he's been drained of blood. And it's got her card on it. or what? What is it? There's some kind of attached. I don't know had her name on a card or something yeah i guess like a calling card and now there's there's dr garth having to examine lilith lily, lily. from but, the mesmerism and the bite marks so this is the second victim that has those bite marks yes and uh dr garth speaks with he goes to speak with professor von housing Helsing. And and then this is where he suspects the countess. Yeah, I mean the countess is coming across really creepy anyway. Um, I, I though I do understand why they haven't really put two and two together up until this point because the countess hasn't really been interacting with very many people, except for Garth, except for Garth. Now, he she wants him to help her. And she says that she is leaving London the next night. And she refuses to go under hypnosis yep. because it has mirrors. She, she, she says that her drive made her act out again. And this is obviously with Lily. Um, and again, Garth Willie doesn't put two and two together here yet. Very well. Like they assume it's, it's the countess, but if, if he has any kind of inkling, it might be just that she's kind of a predator of some sort. Maybe a sexual predator, but not a vampire. That's just a little weird. She says that she's going to leave and that he should come with her. Because she feels a connection to him. 
And I think it's mainly because the Garth actually is kind of a, a charming man, an intelligent man, and somebody that seemingly just wants to help people. And, and she's attracted to that. And not in a, I want to eat you way. Which is, okay, interesting. The doctor's assistant comes over and the countess kidnaps her. So that's, uh, is that Janet? The doc, uh, the Garth's assistant, Janet? Yes. But you missed the point of Dr. Garth immediately goes in about the, why he's not in the room where she is with Janet or Jan. It's Janet. Janet is because Dr. Garth at this time is getting Lily out of hypnotism. That's literally my next sentence is at this time we have uh, that the countess was behind the attacks. We have this figured out because Garth. Um, she, Lily gives her the address yep. in Chelsea and then Lily dies. Yeah. Lily dies from, I guess it's just the lack of blood. Janet Blake. Yeah. Janet Blake played by Marguerite Churchill. I don't know if there's any relation. Churchill is kind of a common name. Um, but regardless, it is interesting that uh, it is interesting to me that um, they did mention the fact that Lily got blood transfusions and she still died. So to me, what that's suggesting is that, oh, and in fact, the guy that was first attacked also had blood, blood transfusions. Trans but in the uh, in Dracula, they had the same problem with one of them, I thought. No, no, I don't think they ever mentioned that. But There was a doctor's place uh, that they were doing an autopsy for. Yeah, and, and they, were, they were saying, oh, this person has no blood. Did somebody take their blood for a transfusion? Or why didn't they get a transfusion? They, they couldn't have just had no blood in them. Like, that doesn't make sense unless it was taken. But this seems to suggests that the vampire regardless of what happens after the vampire drinks from you you can have all the life-saving care possible and you're still going to die i mean that's what it suggests to me that's what it's unless there's something that happens that makes you a vampire yes which i think is another step uh, have they and it actually comes to that one in this movie too because um do they do they say what it what it takes to become a vampire? No. I see. I don't. I didn't think so. But when Garth Car, Garth ends up having to chart an airplane because at the time they put out a I guess you'd call it an APB even though it yeah wasn't, for her yeah. for the Countess mm -hmm. because she's Janet is a you get that in the beginning she's a Baroness Janet. Yeah, there was when he she goes to get. Darling, um, I don't know. I don't know. Garth from um, Scotland. He says something about her being a baroness. I don't know. I didn't get that. You might be right. I, I don't I didn't get that. But there's a couple interchanges between Garth and the countess. Um, she says. Well, he tells her that the blonde woman's dead, that, that Lily's dead. Um, she says that he has to help her be free of this curse, that it's Dracula's curse. Um, Van, and in this point, this is where she flees with his assistant. 
Okay. So Garth and Van Helsing team up. They go to Scotland Yard, but um, the Scotland Yard's like, guys, seriously. Well, they do stop, try <laughs> to stop the transport that... Yes, because they... Assume... Ca- uh, the Countess is on to stop her from leaving the country because yes. she's got Janet And she's, she's arguably a suspect of two murders. She's a suspect. What what Van Helsing and Garth do at this point is try to make the argument to Scotland Yard that you need to stop stop her because she's a vampire. And Scotland Yard is like, uh, guys, screw off. We're going to do our job. Why don't you leave the crazy crap outside? The and, crazy crap is not outside the box, though. Yeah, I know. It the, is definitely inside the box. You can see why the people at Scotland Yard would be like, yes. seriously. It's... Going to, um, what's his name? And the only uh, the only reason Van Helsing gets out of this crap is that Dracula's body disappears. Sir Humphrey. And there's nothing that can prove Van Helsing killed Renfield. So it's, Van Helsing's let go. I mean, they can't hold him anymore. So um, Van Helsing and the doctor decide they're going to chase the Countess to Transylvania. Yeah, they take an airplane to Transylvania. And then we have this nice, wonderful little wedding scene that we come into. Yes, in Eastern European wedding scene. So that and always makes me smile. They're about to, the wedding has taken place at just at the point where you're at. Yeah, it's. And then you hear a wolf howl. Howl, yeah. And all, everyone freezes up. And people turn to look at the castle. And there's a light on. In one and of the there's windows. a light on. Now, I will say that just. And then everybody starts freaking, freaking out. out and running away. And that's when the carriage comes in. I will say with, that. Yeah, with, with Van Helsing and the doctor. I, I will say that a wolf howling in Transylvania. Like, there's wolves there. That's not unusual. It would be like us saying my god there's a coyote howling out, out, out there at night or a dog barking my god this is doom you know there, like, there's a no, there's a deer um, in our backyard yeah, and like, we live no, in a city <laughs> yeah but i mean that's not unusual it, no so like them hearing a wolf just you know howl at the moon shouldn't be a big deal it shouldn't or, be or dumpster pandas yeah 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 our, <laughs> our, our reckons um so we end up having the doctor uh, doctor go up to the castle and the countess is there and basically says hey look go, gives him five, 50 pounds 15 pounds it was 15 pounds it gives, gives 15. a guy with, with a horse and carriage 15 pounds at the time to like go up to to take them up to like the castle halfway. it was only like halfway and the guy's like this far no further and he's like yeah no problem I'll get out and he's like okay deal that is a huge amount of money especially for like eastern europe at the time but i mean 15 pounds is something like only because you can see the castle yeah 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 it's only like going halfway there um it it would be well about 45 dollars at the time so then multiply that by around 20 or so to give you a good like that's that's a good year's pay? Well, that's a good $900 in today's money. But when you think about how much money that would actually be to somebody in the middle of nowhere, Transylvania in 1936, like the buying power of that $900 in modern money, it'd be even greater than that. It would be, that's an insane amount of money. 
like that would be able to set you up for years there. Not like, just a year? No, way more than that. It, it's it's more like even when I went when I went to Russia right after the Soviet Union fell apart, the conversion rate for dollars to rubles wasn't that much. It was like about a hundred rubles to a dollar. So it was like one ruble was one cent. But you could live like a king on a dollar a day, no problem. Like it was so buying power was different, not just the amount of money it's worth. The buying power ends up being strange. Well, anyway, the countess says, hey, look, I'll let your assistant go, but you have to give yourself to me and then we can stay together for eternity. So this is where Sandor has finally decided, no, screw this. I'm done with being treated like I'm trash. You promised me eternal life. This is where we find out he, she was she was promising him to be a vampire. Yes. And he decides to shoot her in the back with a crossbow, or was it a regular bow? Well, first he tries to kill um, Van Helsing, was it? I don't know. I don't know. It's somebody, he shoots somebody. Um, but anyway, the... the the Countess gets shot by an arrow by Sandor. In the heart. And she just dies. And Janet then, has actually been, like, hypnotized and is completely, like, comatose. And she wakes up. Just just wakes and up. And then Van Helsing and, uh, and a Scottish Scotland Yard uh, guy shoots Sanders with a gun. Sandor. Yeah, Sandor. yeah, yeah. Done. And Van Helsing says, oh, look. I guess this proves that that the countess is a vampire because you shot her through the heart with a with a arrow. It pierced her heart like a stake. Well, yeah, but then then I, I this is the end of the movie. But I would have been like the Scotland Yard guy would be like, if I shot you in the heart with an arrow, wouldn't you die too? Like it's not like the countess turns to dust or something. The, the thing that they would notice is that the corpse does not have blood in it. Well, it depends on how recently she's fed, isn't it? Like, anyway, that's the end of the movie. Um, we've already kind of said some of the things that we really did like in this movie. This is clearly not as good as Dracula with Bela Lugosi, even though this is very, very clearly a sequel because it takes place immediately after the events of Dracula. Um, this is not as good as that, but there are some things that are fantastic. I really think Gloria Holden as Countess Zaleska it does a very good job in this. I think that uh, Jeff uh, Otto Kruger as uh, Dr. Garth did a very good job in this. In, in fact, I would go so far as to say that the acting in this overall was, was very, better. was very good, was better in some ways than the original Dracula. I, I still say that Bela Lugosi has more presence, but he didn't have to act as much as Gloria Holden did. Um, Does that make sense? And you didn't have the scenes taking a persona. Well, it, okay, what just do you like mean? Star Trek, the ship having character. Yeah. The Abbey and the Counts, the the castle had character. Character were a character itself. This doesn't have that, which I would no. say is a drawback. Is a drawback because but, the sets that are used for this are far weaker 
than the ones that are in Dracula. But maybe that took the place of the money mm. and you got a little bit more in acting. I see. I don't know. Like remember Bella Lugosi famously worked for peanuts on Dracula. Correct. But and, who knows? Um, that wasn't really, it looked like the film was a better quality. Sure. I mean, six years and this is like in the, in the, there's lots of developments happening in cinema at this point. So six years, um, it, it would be more like comparing the 1980s films, uh, film quality to digital stuff today. That would be almost the same kind of uh, equivalent. So there's, there's good and bad their, in this. Their lighting know. of her was great. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, I, but the sets didn't, Sets weren't bad, but they weren't great. Yeah, they weren't the ones, the things that stunned you, but I don't think they wanted to have that stunning. You said specifically that the costuming of this was very good. Yes. That you were very interested, actually, in the Countess's dresses. That you thought they were very interesting, for whatever reason. I liked how simple, what I was referring to was how simple the dress was, but yet how elegant. You could have walked into, with her simple dress into a parlor in that time. Yeah, and it would have been fine. And it wouldn't have batted it. I, but this was her regular. Yeah, yeah. But then again, she's supposedly a countess. Like, But she lives in a, a place above a bookstore. Those are her rented apartments. Her those flat. are flat. Her flat in London. And I, again, this that's totally understandable. I get that. How many of the, the Russian imperial... Um, nobility rented crap in London because they couldn't afford anything else. And they were there upon the sufferance of the king. Like having a countess rent a flat above a, above a bookstore. And I, he only, what? he only Big thought deal. it was a studio. Yes. I would say some of the subtext in this made it very interesting for me. Like the whole thing with Lily the, between the countess and Lily, that scene just for what it was trying to do or how it was coming across to me made it interesting. It made it, I don't know. It made me think about, I like the romance the system subtext. that is coming between doc, Dr. Garth and his assistant. You get that she's yeah. wanting, she's been attracted to him. Sure. And he finds himself attracted to her when he loses her. Yes, that he misses her in a way like uh, what what it, so there's a lot of things that do work. We've mentioned that there's a lot of things that 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 don't work. I don't think the plot overall is that great, but I don't know if it it fits into the category of not working. And Sander, I don't know. So, Sandor, the, Sandor, the the Renfield of the Countess. I think he did fine. I think it, the, the, the part was not very complex he didn't have a ton to work with but he did come across as creepy like creepy and sinister very well very well done i thought um but unfortunately i think much of the film is forgettable in a lot of ways like there's things that do stand out and the things that do stand out generally are are good things but 
if I had to say like, okay, it's an hour and 11 minutes long, how much of it really stood out to me as being good? Maybe 20 minutes of it, but everything else might be completely forgettable. I, I, I think it would end up blending into a lot of other vampire films. That being said, that being said, I would probably still recommend this. It's good. It's clearly a direct sequel to Dracula but it suffers as a sequel to Dracula because you're going to compare it directly to Dracula and Dracula is so much better. Um, I really like the actors and actresses in this though. Again, it, it's one of these old, old movies that we've been talking, that we've been reviewing for the show that a lot of the atmosphere of it is interesting. It's, it's good to have on to like get a feel it's not as good as Dracula in that regard either, but I think it does what it says on the box. Does that make sense? Like, hey, is this about Dracula's daughter? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I think it's she's probably one of the brides, like the last surviving bride that ate all the other brides and got her mind and back. And she was only 100 years old. Which means she's not Dracula's daughter. Yeah, because they do say that she's like only 100 years old and Dracula is 500. She's not Dracula's daughter. Is she a descendant? Maybe. But she's more likely one of these brides. One of these brides, or maybe her mother was. Oh, uh, I don't know. I See, I don't know. It would make way more sense if she was one of the brides, and she was just the most cunning of them, and ate the other ones. Or she could have been, you know, her he could have killed her mom, raised her, and then made her a vampire. That, that's also possible, but we, we see that we would make a daughter kind of an adopted daughter, like in two ways, like making her into a, your vampire child. Um, but it's not ever said like what, what exactly it is. She's clearly not his daughter, but is this an interesting way of continuing the Dracula story? Sure. It is. It just doesn't do it in a spectacular way that you would expect from Dracula 1930. It's it's that classic sequel problem. A sequel is never as good as it's as the first one. All well, usually there's exceptions to that rule, but I I think it was all right. Do you recommend it? I yeah. If you if you want to watch Dracula, this would be okay to watch afterwards. Sure, there's nothing wrong with it at all, and there are some really good things. Gloria Holden is um, Countess I Seleska. do think it's a kind of. Uh, it, I had to take a while to figure out that it was right afterwards. Oh, it did to me. That was that was clear right away as soon as Van Helsing walked out of that. Yes, doorway. but it was the two, the comedy that was going between the two cops. The two cops. Yeah, but I mean, and I was just like, what? That's like, but Van Helsing walks out like a minute in. So it, it's not like you're confused for that long about what's going on because Van Helsing's like smirking. Yeah, I, I, I put a stake through the guy's heart. I, I killed him, but he's already been dead for 500 years. No, then, then you didn't kill him, Van Helsing. See, every time Van Helsing says something in this but movie, But that's a debate. He, he Maybe he was doing it at the time. Yeah, it, it could be. It could be him trying to feel better about his actions. Because how, how often do you think that Van Helsing's actually killed vampires before that Dracula kill? Maybe he never has. And he actually does feel guilty about killing something, or at least like Dracula looks like a person. 
He looks like a human being. He talks like a human being. He he's moved. intelligent. He's intelligent, and Van Helsing ended him. So yeah, it's very possible Van Helsing's trying to morally justify his his action. But does none way. of the char- other characters in that would be defending him or any of that? I know. I and see that's the thing. I wish that they had a couple of the other characters from that first movie. Like the father. Mira. Like the girl that Dracula was turning into a freaking vampire. Like maybe she comes in and says, No, Van Helsing's the real deal like this look at my neck man i was eaten i and, and i was saved so it wouldn't be just the one and they wouldn't just have had if this is the case then they just wouldn't have just had um her victims they would have had the other victims that uh dracula killed too yeah because they would point out hey look um here's mira's friend they got eaten and she came back and I had to stake her. Well, there was then, a two, two brides there. <laughs> but then, then the problem would be Van Helsing would be admitting to another murder that the body didn't disappear on. Like they would still have those bodies with stakes through their hearts and, and Van Helsing saying, yeah, I, I killed these people. Sure. They're vampires. I and that to. took place on a mill and you don't even have the mill there. No, you're yeah. thinking about the, um, you're thinking about the Peter Cushing oh. Dracula one. See, so you're, you're, I'm getting confused. Yeah, you're getting confused on that. But I, that that's okay. I actually kind of like the Hammer one a little better. Like the Hammer Dracula movies that we've watched so far were better than this. But this is still okay. There's nothing awful. So I recommend it. You recommend it. Um, if I had to give like a one out of ten, I would say it's like, well, you know, it's a six. Like, yeah, it's... Yeah, I'd go with that yeah, too. It, it's not bad. It's not and that's bad. about where I'd put other movie too what dracula the original dracula mm, yeah six seven wow see i the original dracula i would put like an eight seriously i'd put it in an eight like it's the the sets alone your opinion versus mine i know i know and that's okay that's okay we can have different opinions that's the point of doing this is to have these two different viewpoints you know i grew up with these you kind of came to these movies later on in life you have a different perspective just because of growing up in New Orleans and I grew up north. I'm a man, you're a woman. You know, we have these differing opinions and that's what makes talking about these movies interesting. So let's wrap it up. Um, I don't know what we're going to do next. It's going to be a mystery. Um, It looks like we probably should do another movie from the 50s or 60s to keep it mixed up, keep mixing it up. I just don't know what we're going to do. And then I have that musical that you don't want to do. Oh, which, oh, that's the musical that is, I forget which one you were talking about for that musical. Yeah, there was a musical. Image, image that or imagine that. Yeah. I, what what it's was very it from the old. 50s or 60s? No, it's from the 30s. Oh, yeah. it it It's the one that actually has the rockets that were used for the Flash Gordon serials in it. That's where they were originally made. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I remember you talking about it. I just have to figure out when we can watch that so you said that had to be a classic though yeah i'm pretty sure that's a classic so we might want to do that on a five or a ten so i'm aaron i'm darlene good night keep watching the skies at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought thanks for listening to this episode of this week in geek hungry for more check out our website at thisweekingeek.net 
You can subscribe to the podcast, browse our Twitter and Instagram, and leave your thoughts on today's topics. If you'd like to give us some feedback, send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. Tune in next time, and remember, lower your shields and surrender your listenership. We would be honored if you would join us. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night.